0: Welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined, by as always, by my friend Mike. Hey. So today, we're going to be going on to Wheel of Time Season 2, Episode 7, which is titled... Deus de Mar, The Game of Houses. Deus de Mar, our penultimate episode for the season. So before we get into the Rewind here, let's give out the typical reminders where if you want to get in contact with the show, you could send us a message or a post or anything like that over on Instagram, which is at Fantasy Rewind Pod. We're also on X, which is at Fantasy Rewind. Or you could send us an email too, which is FantasyRewindPod at gmail.com. All right, without any further delay, Mike, let's dive into the rewind. Fantasy,
1: Fantasy. Fantasy. <laughs> Rewind. All right, Dylan, overall, what were your thoughts
0: on this episode? So where I'm at with this episode is a really mixed bag because there are parts of this episode I really liked. There are parts of this episode that I really didn't like. And just overall, this episode brought me back to like where I was before, like level with with season two with Wheel of Time, where the last two episodes were just so good. I was starting to like get my hopes up a little bit. And then this episode kind of kicked the ladder out from under me and brought me back down to where I was previous, where I'm like, okay, this is a decent-ish show at times, and other times they annoy me. (laughs) But overall, that's what my general thoughts are. What about you? What were your general thoughts on this episode? I think we
1: see a clear vision of where they're going or where they're trying to go with a lot of the characters and how they're tying in different storylines from the book into it, into the show. I was not a fan of some of the decisions they made in terms of how they're meshing uh, some different elements of the books in. In this episode, I really noticed them, I guess I should say. So like you, this episode definitely brought me back down a bit. Uh, I am excited, though, because this, this episode, while not having a ton going on in terms of big action sequences or really plot movement, it. It, well, it was it's setting up for the final episode, right? For sure. Yeah, for sure. And that's okay. That's okay. Uh, I think with this one, we're going to want to dive into the different storylines again, like we've been doing. Probably starting with Perrin and Avienda, since theirs is a very small piece. Going on to Matt, and then Egwene, <laughs> Nynaeve's, <laughs> Elaine's, and then... Uh, I think we should end with probably Rand and Moraine yes. since that's the messiest. Yes, yes, for sure. Now, I, I'm gonna say parents out of all these is probably the s- safest, I want to say in terms of just sort of he's in a he's in a place right now. Nothing really bad's happened to him in a while, right. right. Uh, we have him and Avienda meeting up with Bane and Chiad. Mm-hmm. So we kind of get them incorporated in a little early on, which I did not hate at nope. all. I think that's a great way to bring them in. I wish Gaul had been there, too, or we maybe get Ruark somewhere, maybe in the next episode. I, w- I was really hoping Ruark would be in this in some point. Maybe he won't be here until season three. Who knows? But I
0: I thought explaining again Toe and all that, neat, but I don't know. See, I, I kind of like the Bane and Chiad scene of them beating up Avienda, uh, just mm-hmm. kind of letting her pay her Toe and letting her like, kind of explain Aiel culture a little bit more. And just to see how jarring it was for Perrin to see that happening and having to be warned not to step in. I thought that was good. I really did not like the cutting back and forth of Hopper barking during the the beat-up scene. That was kind of, like... Yeah, they really didn't need that.
1: Hopper, honestly, probably would just be sitting there like, what are these silly humans doing? Right, right. Ooh,
0: a paw, lick, lick. <laughs> yeah. But um, all in all, I thought that Perrin, like you said, safe. That was like a, the word that came up t- to to mind for me with him is just safe and a little dry. Um, there was, like I said, some moments that I enjoyed of a, that that moment with Banan and Avienda. I enjoyed how we got to see them kind of progress and it is a hundred percent them all going to converge on Falma for the finale. And you just, this is whole part of this storyline for Perrin is basically just him walking. (laughs) That's what he's been doing. Like the last couple episodes is walking. And he by far is my least favorite storyline this season so far, just because of, Him walking. That's his whole (laughs) (laughs) storyline. I mean, him with the Children of the Light
1: was interesting. It'll be... I'll be intrigued to see if that pays off in some way, shape, or form this season. Yeah. But that'll definitely be happening at least probably next season. I agree. His is definitely the least interesting of the major storylines. And honestly, I hate to say it, but that kind of matches him in the book, right? I know.
0: I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, Perrin... I like some of what you do, but you are the least interesting main character in this book.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Now, let's hop over to Matt. Because in this episode, we see him basically get kidnapped by Mm Lanfear, presumably. Yeah, yeah. And then taken, traveled to Falma. So, all, everyone's going to Falma. That's kind of, that's what we've been saying. Yeah and uh, he gets to have a conversation with a Shamael told to drink a tea that'll reveal all his past lives. Now I was like, okay, cool. This is going to be, maybe they're not going to do the purple doorway Mm -hmm. and all that, which makes sense. Like, honestly, that's a, that's a a lot. lot. (laughs) And so I I was like, okay, I'm cool with that. And then they, he drinks the tea and I'm like expecting him to go through all these different lives like really quickly. And also to, to make another connection to the books. That's kind of what happened when they travel via the uh, portal. Yeah. So I was like, okay, they're kind of mixing that together. Fine.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: how they're going to get him to have all these holes in his lives and filling it up with these different memories. I'm completely cool with that. No, that's not what they did. Instead, he drinks the tea and he basically he, he does see some of the visions like him getting hanged. Uh, Him stabbing himself or getting stabbed I don't know A lot of it happened really quickly but basically his mom Just sitting there yelling at him the entire time And I'm just like this is something like out of a Horror movie right and I'm not Really getting what we're supposed to get From this other than to I guess feel some sympathy For a shawmail Or see see a shawmail What what I got
0: from this scene is exactly What you said I'm like okay so we're gonna be seeing Matt's past lives And then we see, like, him killing someone by drowning them, killing someone by, like, stabbing them, being stabbed and, like, dying, and getting hung. And then his mom just being there, just like him, just like him, over and over. Kind of like that flicker, flicker, flicker moment from the Portal Stones. And what it really did for me was just remind me of how much of a liar Ishamael is. Because he didn't see his past lives. If anything... This was just him having his worst fears confirmed with his mom saying, you're just like your father. You're a piece of poop, just like he is. And you're, you've are you always been that in all of your past lives, all of your other lives. You're nothing but scum, which is how they have portrayed Matt so far, is by being nothing but scum. And yeah. so for them to do this for him, it was just false promises and really just annoying for me because we didn't get what I was expecting, what I was hoping for, which was more past lives, more alternate lives for Matt and not just his mom pointing her finger at him, calling him his dad. Yeah. It just
1: seemed like a bit of a waste and he could have still mm-hmm. gotten what a shot male wanted out of this, but yeah, and that's kind of the end of Matt's thing. It's presumably
0: to get Matt on their side. So he stabs Rand or whatever. That's exactly what it is. The whole thing is, like, for Ishmael to try to, like, drive Matt to the point where he just wants it to end too, And Mm. I kind of understand that because that was painful for me to watch. So I'm imagining it was painful for him to experience. (laughs) So I think that trying to turn Matt to the dark by reinforcing his worst fears about himself not my favorite moment not especially when Matt's like crying at the end and like almost smiling in Ashmael's arms as he holds him and it's the really poor decision in my in my opinion to have it happen this way
1: yeah now i am interested because Ashmael kept saying no longer than 15 minutes like you could only drink it once what's going to happen when Matt drinks it again
0: Oh yeah, because you know he's gonna have it again, and I think that's why. It's because it will show him more of his past lives. It probably like first is the worst, second is the best, third is the one with the hairiest chest. You know that old, <laughs> that <laughs> that old, old yeah, uh, that old thing, rhyme, yeah. So yeah, yeah. When I'm wondering the second you time tea. you drink it, you, uh, you'll have visions of your good lives. <laughs>
1: so I actually do want to bring this up because it kind of relates, kind of doesn't. But we did this like tea tasting serum like sort of thing uh, with some experts and they talked about how you actually dump out the first batch of tea because mm. the first steeping of the tea like is the worst. And in fact, if you were to serve that to someone, it's almost it's not like disrespectful, like you're not like spitting on them, but it's rude. Mm. Uh, and so you saying that was like oh yeah because the second one is actually the one you're supposed to be drinking because it's considered to be like the best and as you continue to steep the tea afterwards you get different flavors coming throughout so i don't know maybe there's a little bit of a connection there
0: a little bit of wisdom in the nursery rhymes
1: (laughs) (laughs) that dylan just spits bars up. yeah right (laughs) all right Uh, let's go uh and let's do Nynaeve, elaine the rest of the Falma folk, yes, uh, and Egwene, Gwaine. yeah. So I mean, Egwene's is pretty straightforward here yeah. in this one. She shows off her power. She's mm-hmm. super strong. Love that we saw her with her little uh, mouth gagger on. I think it's honestly kind of makes sense with them not wanting them to speak at all, right? It's just more dehumanization, which is yeah. what the Sean Chan are all about. Correct, and you you get that throughout this. Yeah, even though you do get their mission. Towards the end of the episode, like, you finally were here because the Empress wants to unite everyone under the light. And Egwene, all chill and calm, letting her wash her hands, is like,
0: I'm going to kill you. (laughs) I love how that was the only spoken line Egwene had this episode. It was great. I'm going to kill you. (laughs) The only part of that I didn't like was that there was no consequence for Egwene talking back there. Well,
1: I'm wondering if it's going to happen next episode. But I was also surprised that there wasn't either. Maybe just, like fine I'm changing your name yeah or whatever. right it's like you you're a
0: pookie now instead of Egwene or or whatever yeah. Yeah. but I I did I will say I did love the scene where Egwene just like flat out blows them all away with how powerful she is because mm-hmm. that corresponds to again her book character which is one of the most powerful Aes Sedai in a millennia
1: yeah and I love how um it went right when uh the Amarlin was like, it would have been so much talking to Rand. Yeah. It would have been so much easier if you were a girl. And then it's Which, just like, again, just made
0: all. me hate the freaking line. there so much. I'll talk about that later though.
1: Oh, I mean, I liked it because like, in terms of just like make it, it was a fun little scene in my opinion, but yes, I, I can see why you're going to be upset about that. And we can talk more about it
0: mm-hmm.
1: now. Nine, even Elaine talking with loyal. I liked that. Thought it was good. They got the information they need. they, it's led them all to putting the idom onto a stool dom.
0: Yes, which <laughs> it's <laughs> a great it is scene. So I'm, great. I'm excited for that to actually happen cuz Nani years like, "Oh, check this out quick." <laughs> and just did it right to her. So I'm excited to see the payoff of that one. not even realizing, yeah. not even
1: realizing and never that suspecting
0: that a- could be a possibility. Mhm. And that was
1: such a big thing in the book too. I remember when that happened, I was like, <Management>
0: Holy crap. Like,
1: yeah, that's awesome, because they're finally getting a taste of their own right. medicine.
0: How the turns have tabled. <laughs> How the tables have turned. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of it for them as well. Anything you want to add on them? No, I mean, they were very straightforward. I think that, you know, they have stuck pretty much to their book counterparts, which... Yeah. As much as anyone might want to say, oh, they haven't done anything recently, that's because that's what happens. (laughs) The story's not about them, and uh, they are still important characters, very important characters. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: They do have moments of quietness where they don't do much. Correct.
1: So, uh, anyway, now we are going to Kyrian. The meat of the story. The meat of this episode.
0: There's some things here that I liked, but a lot that I just was like, oh. Yeah, this is my most, like you just said, this is my most, like, split part of the episode. The rest of the episode, I would have been fine with if everything else happened the way that it did. This really is the part that I want to talk the most about. Yeah, love it. Uh, Love it.
1: So I do want to really start off here with some of the things that I did
0: like. Yes, yeah.
1: I did like that Leandrin... Talk to Barth- Barthanis? yeah, Barthanus, or Moraine's yeah. nephew, Moraine's nephew, yeah, Moraine's nephew, yeah, and he was a dark friend. Yes, love that part. All even like like the mom listening in and finding that out. Like that's very Kyrianin, mm-hmm. and I was just like, this is great. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really well done. Made sense with his family ascending, yada yada. It ties up some nice loose ends with kind of the Kyriana and storyline in the book, as well as the fires, all that uh, kind of relate into it as well. Like I thought they did a nice, nice job of sort of putting that together. Um, now for all the things I felt kind of, eh. oh, well, no, I also really liked how uh, they finally, you know, obviously Maureen is no longer stilled. She was never stilled. She was, she was just never shielded. Stilled, thankfully, I thought this was really well done. Because again, this was something new that they didn't know they could do before. Tie off weaves. Mm-hmm. But the Forsaken would know how to do it. And having um, having Rand sort of undo that for her
0: I thought was pretty neat as well. So I just want to comment on those two things there uh, pretty quickly. First of all, I agree with you completely. I love the fact that they had a dark friend be right under our nose for the last like two episodes and nobody even knew or suspected I thought that was great. Um, The one consequence of this, though, is that this is Moraine's sister now knowing that the Black Aja exists. And that puts her in a very precarious situation. Because she she knows now that Leandrin is a dark friend. So to accuse an Aes Sedai, or of knowing that an Aes Sedai is a dark friend, she's in grave danger now. (laughs) And I hope that that is made clear. But I don't know um, how that will be settled or not. But we'll we'll see. Um, as far as Moraine being shielded the entire time, that we totally called. Um, <laughs> I mm. first of all I did like that they had they had Rand be the person to cut it off. What I didn't like is how all of a sudden Lan is an expert in mail channeling and how Lan is an, more of an expert in Weaves than Moraine because that made no sense to me at all agreed and uh, I would agree with that him like
1: busting out knowledge at the end I've heard about this thing in the age of legends and I'm like dude you wouldn't have known about that yeah right. Varen go could have said go twist your nipples somewhere that. else yeah Varen said I could have said something about that and I would have been believed her yes but the rest of it like no and we did get oh that was another great thing with the whole Varen said I like that twisting of words, like, I thought it was great.
0: Oh, yeah. So there's something about that, though, where I think that Varen should have gone with them. Because she's going to be in danger now, having basically betrayed the Omerlin to help Moraine and Rand escape. And so I didn't understand why she didn't, like, kind of go to... Um, but I because did like how she demonstrated that twisting of words, which is gonna be so important throughout the entire series here for I yeah. and I and listening to really what they're saying, not what you assume they're saying. Yeah. We know why Varen didn't go because Landfear. Huh. Probably, yes,
1: probably. I mean, as silly of a reason as that is, they want to have Landfear with them, which I think is so such an interesting choice, but whatever. Honestly, it would have been better if Lanfear was just like, we're just going to travel there and made a little portal or skimmed or something. Well, it's because but she didn't want
0: to show Moraine the weaves. So I get them taking... She the... could have inverted them. Very true. Very true.
1: That is a thing. So, I yeah. mean, if they're, if they're going with that, I guess they don't want to throw too much at their people too fast. But... Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So let's get into some of the stuff that I, I didn't... Um, well... The other thing I did like too, is that a lot of what happened in this episode is stuff that is sort of a mashup of stuff that happened at the beginning of the great hunt. Yes. Right. Being presented in front of the Amarlin. Yep. I thought like some of that was good, but it it just seems weird that like you have, well also to the prophecy, right? The prophecy um, at the beginning of the episode, like, All of that was stuff that we learned earlier on in the books, um, in book two at least. Or was it before? It was book two. two. Okay. And, I mean, like, I'm glad we're getting it now, but at the same time...
0: It feels so out of place. Yeah, a little bit. What I really hated, and I can't emphasize how much I hated this, was when Rand and Lan are talking... Land is giving him that prep talk. You're gonna, no matter what you get thrown at you, you're gonna stand on your feet. Whatever comes at you, stand there and take it like a man. Rand proceeds to spend the rest of the episodes on his knees, acting like a little girl, crying because he's shielded. And I can't emphasize how much I hated that because it was such a bad decision.
1: I I agree because it does completely go against the advice Rand gave him. Or land gave him, and I mean, he's shielded. It's not like he's getting bent. To, no, you know, made to bend his knee. But the minute the shield goes on him, it's like he just falls to his knees.
0: Falls to his knees, and they're hunched over. Like his life is over. Yeah, and I mean, I almost wanted that to happen, and then to him to bust out of it. That's what I was wanting to see too. Was for the Omblin to try to shield him, and then for him to be like, "You think you can shield me alone?" Boom! Explosion of power. But... Yeah. Uh, we, this is a conversation I want to have with you next, af- after we talk about the finale. But, we're wrapping the season up because I have some some strong opinions here. But, uh, talking about this particular scene, again, I, I did not like this at all. Because it goes against who Swan is as well. Swan, at no point in time, ever wanted the Dragon Reborn in a box on his knees only to be let out when they needed him and it's just completely flawed in her logic and in who swan is as a character and rand who he is as a character never would have behaved that way and it was one of my least favorite parts of this episode
1: correct and uh, but i mean they're sewing the whole he doesn't trust Sedai. yes he will not that be art. on their dancing on their strings like I think they're really trying to push that aspect of him and they're trying to give him reasons to feel that way towards Aes Sedai and to act that way towards Aes Sedai. And yeah. this is all going to culminate in Dumais Wells. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Uh, which will probably be next season. <laughs> <laughs> at this rate, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I would hope at least it would be probably season four with that. But like I
0: say At least two to three seasons away, I hope.
1: Yeah, but uh, who knows? Anyway, whatever I, I i also agree with you it does seem out of character out of not with her book character but with her show character i could see it because of how much it's cost moraine and their dream and their vision and i like the added touch of them like going and like oh yeah we're going to go you're going to go see my family and like sw- like moraine was this different person before the dragon reborn was born and she had to put this mission above everything else which does kind of match moraine is a character Mm -hmm. this mission has always been her life and so they are really making that apparent and also too that swan and moraine had this uh deal of sorts or this agreement and they were sort of doing working towards this common goal separately Mm -hmm. so i'm glad they've alluded to all that let me get into some of the things though that i don't like if you, Unless you have anything else to add on. anything well, I,
0: I do actually just want to say something about that intro scene of Swan and Moraine and the prophecy that they heard. The one thing I thought that was interesting about it is that they appeared to be full eyes to die at that moment. Um, on top of that, it also appeared to be like summertime and sunny at the tower while it's snowy and whatever else where we saw Lan's mom giving birth. Um yeah. I I did like that they included this scene which is from New Spring and mm. I thought that it was a great way to show how long Swan and Moraine have been at this. But yeah, by and large, I thought just yeah, this this was another like example of just minor attention to detail things that the writers were not paying attention to.
1: That that they should have. That they should have, yeah. You're right. Okay. Well, the Aes Sedai entourage that came with Swan, I liked that they included everyone they did. I think it was weird, though, that people can just sort of appear. Yeah, fast traveling is happening, and we don't know how. Yeah, I mean, this, you know, the the speaker, not the speaker, uh, Swan's left-hand woman, right-hand woman.
0: Yeah, Being the there, the keeper.
1: Right. The keeper, yeah, she's there, and she was the one running the tower, and, like, now she's in Kyrian, and who's running the tower with her out, you know? Yeah, right. I just, I'm
0: just, like, sitting there, like, oh, okay, um... It's because they want to save on extra cost, because they want to put these characters in front of you that you are vaguely familiar with, and they're not wanting to do, like, ooh, a new Aes Sedai, and... I think they should have done that because it makes no sense for both the keeper and the Amaralan to be out of the tower. I mean, yeah, they do travel with each other quite
1: well. No, they don't really travel with each other at all in the books. I'm trying to think they do.
0: They do. Swan and um, the keeper were both at the beginning of the great hunt when Rand meets oh, okay. the Amaralan. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah,
1: I just like, that was something that I was like, I kind of had an issue with. Leandrin just sort of disappears completely. The whole fire in Kyrian is
0: now Lanfear's doing, not the fireworks. Lanphier walking around just like swagging on fools in her awesome outfit, which actually was really cool looking. And oh, her yeah. I don't give an boss. F outfit just walking around yeah. throwing fireballs everywhere.
1: Yeah, I thought I was like, this is great. She looks awesome. But just how they went about that. And then I know that makes more sense with wherever they're going with her. And they want her to be more present in the story and everything else. And they're doing nice nods to other characters and other things. Like they did nod to fireworks earlier on in the sea. Yeah, they they you know they nodded to it, but they don't really explore any of it. And I was hoping to see Tom while we were in, uh, Kyrian. Kyrian, but yeah. that didn't happen, yeah. obviously. And I, you know. I, there's just some things that I'm just like, I wish you, you could have incorporated them. I wish you had. For sure. But like Landfear's whole presence and all this, they're really trying to push her to the front more.
0: Mm-hmm. And she should be more on the side. I agree. And I think they're doing that because she's one of the better actresses. Um, but I do think, again, that we're getting more Landfear than we should. Because I also think they're having her lean too good. I think she's not being as evil as uh, as she should have been. Like she did do some cool stuff early on like you know m- erasing that girl's mouth, decapitating the one dude, throwing fireballs and stuff, but yeah. she's still kind of like chaotic neutral almost.
1: But I mean, she is kind of that way with Lewis Theron. And she was yes, in willing books. to help and do kind things for him. But you're, you're not wrong. She's very much tilting this line mm-hmm. where it's almost like you're being too nice. Like for Moraine.
0: Yes. For instance. Exactly. Like
1: that's why I'm like, she shouldn't be here because she would literally kill Moraine. She right. She care. would have killed Moraine. No question about it. And the Omerlin as well. She probably would have killed too. She would have killed Swan. Yeah. And so like them sort of like just like having her there is problematic with that. I'm not sure what they're I I really don't know what they're trying to have her do and what in this next episode I haven't watched yet obviously but I'm I'm just kind of like I don't know if it was worth having her be there it would have almost been better for Moraine and them like Swan shouldn't have even caught up with them by herself yeah that was like to me also. I was like, no warder, so...
0: no. I said, I support nothing. Yeah, nah, nothing. Nah. And
1: I'm like, no, they wouldn't let you do that. Right now, I know why they wanted to do it. Swan calling on the fact that Maureen had to follow her orders and all that. Like, yeah,
0: swore that Ugh. oath of obedience. Yeah, that which was. I like... I don't remember if I had as big of a problem with that as I do now. <laughs> when it I first know happened, the fact but... that well, they
1: brought it up. Yeah. yeah and i mean it that was something that went out later on that they did yeah
0: and it was unprecedented when it happened in the
1: books i don't know but that's kind of it for my qualms i'm excited to see the next episode and see what happens um kind of the culmination of all of this in falma um but yeah i i think this was a fine episode just as i said as we got into there was just some issues with some of the characters like the
0: meshing in choices they made. Yeah. I mean, I've been complaining a lot this episode and I think it's because how much I actually liked the last two episodes. And I think that it raised up what my bar of expectation was for this series. And whereas I felt those episodes were like probably solid eights, eight and a halves. Whereas this episode, I feel like is like a, a solid six and a half or six, five and a half, maybe like right in there. Like, still yeah. okay, but not as good as I wish it was. And I think that I'm very excited to talk to you about the finale because I have watched it. And I I really want to discuss with you my overarching thoughts on this season as a whole. So, <laughs> with that being said, this is going to be Two Nerds signing off. And we'll catch you next time for the finale of Wheel of Time Season 2. Woo-woo! Goodbye. See ya.